How's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? Welcome to the 69th episode of the Fuel for Life podcast. I am your faithful host, Bogdan Kipko, and this is the podcast dedicated to fueling your faith in the one who gives faith. And I am convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. And my goal is to help you realize the promise of God's gospel for every part of your life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And please connect with me on Snapchat or on Instagram. You'll get a glimpse into my life. And I would love to hear where you're listening to this podcast. If you didn't already know, you can download the Fuel for Life podcast app on the Apple App Store. I believe this is the best way to consume all the audio content. Friends, you're in for a treat today because we're going to talk about the difference between true and fake love. So here's how you can tell the difference between real and fake love. In fake love, you use the other person to fulfill your happiness or your personal agenda. Your love is conditional. It means that it only continues to exist if the other person is fulfilling your needs and they're fulfilling your desires. And the other thing about fake love is that it's not vulnerable. It's not vulnerable. It's not transparent. It doesn't open up to the other person. It, it kind of creates a wall or a shield. Why? Because if something goes wrong, if this relationship no longer exists, you have invested nothing, therefore you lose nothing. So this fake love is very utilitarian, manipulative, calculative, and one-sided love. It is a gospel-less type of love. On the other hand, when we talk about true love, it aims to spend and to be spent for the sake of the other person. Why? Because if you genuinely love another person, whether that's your spouse, your friend, somebody in your family, your children, your greatest joy is that person's joy. Your affection for them, it's not conditional. You give love to others not because you want something from them, but because you truly love the other person and you care for them. So, of course, this kind of true love, it is going to be vulnerable in the sense that you're going to be spending and you're going to be spent on behalf of the other person and you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they they feel loved, validated, and appreciated in a real love demonstration. You hold nothing back and you give everything away. Now you might be listening to this and you're like, okay, this kind of real love seems very utopian, seems almost impossible to demonstrate or even to have. And I and I agree with you. But here's the real problem that you and I have to come to terms with. All of us want this kind of love, this unconditional, vulnerable love from other people that I just described. We're all incapable of giving it, and we desperately crave it. So what's the solution? Well, we must find this source of this love that's going to fill us up so much 
that we can dispense this love to other people without expecting anything in return. Can you imagine loving somebody and not wanting anything in return? Can you imagine doing a nice, good thing for somebody in your life, your family, your friend, your spouse, your husband or your wife, and you do not want anything in return? The problem is that even our best intentions at giving and showing love to other people have an ounce of pride within them when we do a good thing and we're like, well, I hope they return the favor somehow. The only solution is this, that we need a source of love, we need someone to love us who doesn't need us. So if we truly can experience this kind of love from somebody else, we can be content with who we are. I'm then able to dispense love to other people regardless of what they do or don't do to us. Well, how can this practically help us? How can how can knowing that someone loves me who doesn't need me help me? Well, number one, it helps you with your relationships, whether that's your spouse, a brother or sister, children. They won't be the well from which you draw your joy and your happiness because you're so full of that love yourself already that whether these people in your life demonstrate this love to you or not, you're going to be completely fine. The second way it helps us is in our career. Our value is not from what we achieve or what our boss or employer thinks of us or what an Excel spreadsheet thinks of us or what our stack rankings think of us. That's not where we get our validation or love from. The third way where it helps us is in our status. It means that our standing in society does not determine our joy, whether we're popular or not, whether we're part of the in crowd or not, whether somebody invited us to a, um, a, a party or a soiree or they didn't, that's completely fine. Whether um, a verified account shouted you out or not, that doesn't determine your sense of joy or your sense of happiness. Another way this practically helps is with stuff. You have stuff, but you don't let stuff have you. Now, what about money? Money is a gift. It's not a God. You can have money, but don't let money have you. There's two ways to look at it. Some people have money in the clenched fist and they can't help anyone out or assist anybody. But when you take your clenched fist and you open it up, you have an open hand, not only to give to others, but also for God to use your hand to help other people. And remember, all the money you have is God, so you must give it back to him and you must be a good steward of it. And the last part that this practically helps us with is that validation. We all want it, but when we're filled with this kind of supernatural love, we don't crave validation and we're cured from this starvation. And who then can give us this kind of love who loves us but does not need us? Of course, it's Jesus Christ. When we truly understand this, we begin to see everything clearly, just like the blind man who was healed by Jesus at Bethsaida. When we understand this, we won't try to trick or manipulate people into loving us or extending to us validation or appreciation. This true kind of love is really incredible because It's the only type of love that continues to create more of itself the more you demonstrate it. So my joy and my 
feeling of satisfaction and validation and affirmation, it doesn't come from my career, my ministry, my spouse, my friends. All those are great things and all those things give me great joy, but they're not the source of my joy. Because if I put the source of my joy into, for example, church attendance, and one Sunday there's a lot of people, and another Sunday there's a little bit less people, that means that on the Sunday when there's more people, I'm going to be happier. On the Sunday when there's less people, I'm going to be less happy. Or when my when my spouse, let's say she loves me, she loves me and she writes me a love note, and then the next day she doesn't write me a love note, and now I'm going to be thinking, oh my goodness, does she love me or not? I don't think that. That's not... That is very childish thinking. That's very spiritually immature thinking. So my my um, my affirmation, my validation, I, everything I want has already found itself in Jesus Christ. And so that's the 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 well from which I draw all of my satisfaction and all of my affirmation from. It's not from other external factors that are always fluctuating because people are emotional. Your boss might love you one day; they might not love you the next day. Your company might be promoting you one day and they're downsizing you the next day. You might have multiple zeros in your bank account today and tomorrow you're overdrawn. All that stuff, it, it, it is fleeting. Therefore, if we have a fixed, constant direction in a place from which we are getting our love from and we realize that Jesus loves us but he doesn't need us, we're free to dispense love and be spent on behalf of other people, whether they provide a return on investment or not. This is exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross. He redeemed us on this on the cross, not because he needed us, but rather because he loved us. When we see clearly this kind of love, we then have this security and freedom to dispense love to other people, people who are not loving to us, people who are annoying to us, people who are maybe backstabbing us, or people who are maybe talking bad about us or gossiping about us because their opinion is not going to validate who I am. It frees you and me when we have this kind of generative love of Jesus in us. We can be spent on behalf of other people and not feel depleted because all the love, all the affection, all the affirmation and all the validation that we could ever desire, we already have and we already found it in Jesus. So I hope this message and I hope this podcast encouraged you and I hope you truly grasp the concept of this true gospel-centered love that is a generative type of love, that the more you demonstrate it, the more of this love it generates. And let's go back to the well of Jesus and just drink of this love and thirst for it and crave for it so that we can absolutely love the people in our life exactly how Jesus loved us. Right, Fuel for Life Nation, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for leaving a review and a rating of the podcast on iTunes. Share it with your friends. Send it to someone who you believe needs to hear this message and tell somebody about the Fuel for Life podcast. And until next time, remember, 
before God will do a great work through your life, he wants to first do a great work in your life. And there is hope, and his name is Jesus. Let my words be true.